helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart. Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, my name is Melissa Waggett, and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show with Michael Hart. I am so excited that you've decided to join us this morning. Many people who grow up in a home with a narcissistic parent are not even aware of it, though they are probably suffering from its effects due due to the level of dysfunction they experienced as a child. For many who grow up in this environment, it is not until they share their story of their upbringing with others does the dysfunction come to light. This is why we are beginning a three-part series about narcissistic parents and the effects on children. Our hope is that people gain an awareness about what the signs of a narcissistic parent are so they can identify them in their own upbringing and most importantly, get help from the effects of this environment. In part one, we're going to be discussing the seven signs your father may be a narcissist. Next week, join us for part two, where we'll be looking at seven signs your mother is a narcissist. And finally, in part three, we will close out the series with a discussion about children of narcissistic parents. And throughout all three of these shows, we will be linking you to resources and giving you tips as to how you can get help if you identify with Um, any of the topics we cover throughout these three shows. We also want to remind you, if you want to find out more about our services at Elam Counseling, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll-free at 1-877-544-544. 3546. Again, 1877 544 3546. We also want to remind you we are a nonprofit organization. So our ability to do what we do each and every day relies upon generous donations for people like yourself. If you do feel led to donate to this ministry, you can do it in a few ways. One way is by going to our Patreon site and searching for Elam Counseling. To do that, you can go to Patreon, which is spelled P A T reon.com forward slash Elam Counseling and make a donation there. You can also, again, go to that website I mentioned earlier at elamcounselingministry.com and make a donation through our website. With me in studio this week is Michael Hart. He is the director of Elam Counseling Services. He is also a registered psychotherapist. And each and every week he brings uh, such wonderful insights. And I am so blessed each and every week, Michael, that I get to join you in studio because I learn so much. And full disclosure, one of my favorite topics to cover with you is narcissism and narcissistic individuals. We've done it a couple times thus far, but we've never looked at parents. So I'm so excited to discuss this with you and learn more. I am too as well, Melissa, because I think this is such a very important topic. There are an increasing number of narcissists in our society, and maybe it's because of the individualistic type of society that we're in. It's it's creating a lot of narcissistic uh, individuals. And so I see in my practice more and more people who are coming in reporting uh, signs that make me realize that they had narcissistic parents and they had no idea that their parents were narcissists. As a matter of fact, many of them think that the things that they suffered in their childhood, that they were just part of a normal family dynamic. But when we explore it, 
deeper and we look at the, the, the traits of narcissism, these people are blown away to realize that what they were in fact uh, and enduring or going through in their childhood was was because their parents had a mental condition of narcissism, which is a diagnosable mental condition. And, and that's what I think is so interesting about this is as a kid, you're grown up, you're brought up in a household and that's all you know. Yes. And so it's not until someone shines a light or a different perspective do you even realize it. Um, but before we get into today's show and the meat of it, there is an announcement we want to make to our listeners and people who've been joining us over the years. You've heard us talk about in the past healing retreats, and we have another one coming up in, I guess it's, I'm trying to think of the time. It's June, June 7th to 9th. I was thinking, is that spring or summer? It's just before we enter summer. So there will be no snow on the ground, which is exciting in and of itself. But can you give us a little bit more details about this exciting event, Michael? Yes, I think we are uh, an organization that uh, believe in the ability to recover from whatever it is that's going on in your life. And so we do not just this radio show, but we do counseling as well. Most of my day is spent counseling individuals face to face, but the healing retreat gives us another uh, level of healing or another opportunity to heal, whereby individuals who are seeking healing, emotional healing, can get away for an entire weekend and just focus themselves on becoming whole. And we have seen a number of miraculous things happen at these healing retreats. So I'm looking forward to this one coming up in June. And you'll be hearing, stay tuned, we won't be talking about it much today, but you'll be hearing a lot more in the weeks to come. And remember, if you'd like to be part of this small group of people that will be going to this retreat, remember, don't wait until till May to register because it will be too late by then. So, Michael, you were leading into um, the idea that um, narcissism is actually a diagnosable condition um, in the DSM-5, but for a lot of us... um, Maybe narcissism is is something we don't fully understand. So before we get into the signs in uh, for today's show that your dad may be a narcissist or your father's a narcissist, what is narcissism and where did the the name come from? What's the background there? Well, narcissism is is a Greek term that comes from Greek mythology, and it had to do with a character by the name of Narcissus. And as the the mythology goes, Narcissus was a very beautiful individual. Uh, the story goes that he was so beautiful that he had both male and female suitors who wanted to to have him uh, as a mate, but no one was good enough for him. No one was beautiful enough for Narcissus. And so in the passage of time, Narcissus saw a reflection of himself in a pool of water and fell madly in love, in love with the image that he saw. And he said, that's the person that I want because he loved himself so much. And when he realized that he couldn't have the person in the water, that it was only a reflection, he ended up killing himself. And I think this is a good reflection of what narcissism is, because people who love themselves to the extreme, the, the way, uh, in, in that way, actually end up killing themselves, not literally, but emotionally, and creating a lot of damage for other people as well. So the, the DSM-5 talks about narcissism as having uh, 
uh, the following traits. If you have five of the following nine uh, traits, you can be considered to be a narcissist according to the DSM-5. And this is not a diagnosis. There are other things that is taken into consideration as well. But it talks about a sense of, of, of grandiosity or se- and of self-importance. Two, it talks about a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success or brilliance or beauty and that's what narcissus saw himself as being as being so beautiful and three a belief that he or she is special and unique for a need for excessive admiration five a sense of entitlement six interpersonally ex- exploitive behavior seven a lack of empathy eight envy of others or a belief that others are envious of him and nine a demonstration of arrogance and haughty behaviors or attitude so this is this is narcissism in general if you have five of the following nine it's a good indication that you might be a narcissist but when it comes to parenting i find that narcissist narcissism manifests itself differently if a mother is a narcissist as compared to if the father is a narcissist. So this show that we're having today is to break down that difference and look at some of the traits that I have seen among fathers who are narcissists as we look at today's show. And then eventually next week, we'll look at what it looks like if your mother is a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And in the third show, when we come to the the children of narcissism, narcissistic parents, we'll be looking at how that might be affecting uh, individuals today who have grown up in such household and what we can do about it. So you just said, Michael, you found a distinction in your own clinical practice between moms and dads who are narcissists. Can we jump right in there? What are some of the signs you see that are unique to fathers who have narcissism? One of the telltale signs that I find in a lot of my clients who come in and who have uh, of what I would consider to be narcissistic fathers is that they will talk about fathers who were present in the home to some extent. No, we're not talking about homes in which the father has abandoned the home. Like narcissism can reflect itself in that way, but we are talking about the context in which the father is actually present in the home. Uh, in a lot of these homes, what we find, although the father is present to some extent, they're often absent from important events in the children's lives. So they might be at home, but they will plan a business trip at the time when there is a graduation of, of a child. And so, or the birthday of a child. And so, the events in the, chi- in the children's lives are not seen as being as important as what's going on in the narcissistic father's life. And this is, again, is this sen- sense of self-importance, that what's happening to them is more important. This selfishness, this pervasive selfishness. So, they will not sacrifice any of their business uh, business goals or endeavors for the sake of the child. It's the other way around. They will sacrifice the children's birthday, the children's graduation, just so that their needs in the business world can be fulfilled. And I'm not talking about situations here where the family could go bankrupt if they don't do a, uh, a particular trip. In many of these cases, these trips could have easily been been put off. Sometimes it's just even a convention that they're going to that they don't really have to attend, but they will miss that graduation just so that they can be at this convention. 
I'm glad you made that distinction because that was going to be my my next question for you there. I'm wondering if you can describe what the second sign is. Fathers who are narcissists often see themselves as superior to others, including everyone in the family. So they know everything. They they know all about everything. And so there's nothing that you can tell them. They're more knowledgeable than everyone. And for that reason, many narcissists will not find themselves attending counseling. So even if you were to say there is a problem in our relationship and we need to get help for it, the narcissistic father does not think that the counselor could tell him anyone. I remember one of my clients said to me, I told my husband that he needed to attend one of your seminar. And this person who was not a psychotherapist say, I don't need to go to Michael's seminar because I could teach the seminar myself. And so there is this sense that he knows best. And so he doesn't need anyone else to tell him anything. So what would like a conversation in that case with a child go about? Is this the, the the kid that comes home excited about something? I just learned something and it's like, well, actually, you got it wrong. Is that kind yes, of how? Right. Let so, me tell you how it really is. Right. So it bursts the bubble of the child. Right. So instead of you saying, wow, this is very interesting. Tell me more. They will tell you about the, the, the scientific formulas that they know nothing about and may actually convince you that what you're saying is wrong. The sky <laughs> is green. Though, even Trust though they me. don't know anything about it. And so this is one of the traits of narcissism where they, they distort reality, right? And so they, they will make, make things up just to, just to prove that they are right. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about in previous shows, you as the listener often question your own sanity and your own judgment yes, um, yes. O- uh, over time. What's another sign that a, a dad may be a narcissist? A third sign that the dad might be a, a narcissist is that, that, that you feel as if you exists just to, to meet his needs instead of the other way around. And so in a normal healthy family situation, what will happen is that the father will sacrifice himself for the child's needs. So in other words, he might have a certain plan or or plan for the day. But if you have a need, such as maybe it's a, a sporting event that you have, then the, the father will sacrifice that need just so that you can attend that event. But in, in, in a lot of situations, it's the other way around. You feel as if you're existing to meet his needs instead of the, instead of the other way around. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. Today, we are starting a series called Narcissistic Parents and Their Children, and we're exploring in part one, seven signs your father may be a narcissist. If you've missed the first half of today's show, I encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can call us toll-free at one 877 544-3546 and be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show. So Michael, one of the things that I've heard about narcissists from people who end up recognizing that someone they love is narcissistic is everyone else loves them. Yes. They're so great. They're the life of the party. And when mm-hmm. I tell them how they treat me, they look at me like I have three heads because the person they put they pers- um, put out there in public is different than I know who no behind the doors. Is that true for narcissistic parents? That's so true, Melissa. This is the the part of the need to 
to for excessive admiration. People who are narcissists has this need to be admired by others. So they will go out of their way to put on a good public show. And so everyone will like them in public. Everyone will think, wow, you have such a great dad. And even your friends will tell you, your dad is so cool. I wish my dad could be like your dad. And you're thinking, is there something that I am missing? because it just doesn't seem that way. But to me, it seems as if my life is a miserable experience. And so it's, it's important to realize that part of the reason for that difference is that the person is putting on a good public show. They're doing everything that they can to build up their image. But in in reality, what they're showing to the public is just a mask, is just a facade. You are seeing the real person at home. And again, I think that probably when you're when you're looking at it through the eyes of a little kid, that dichotomy that develops where it's like, what am I not seeing that's there, right? Because if everyone around me tell, is telling them they're awesome, then it must be wrong with me and my perception because what I'm seeing must not be true. What other things do we see with these narcissistic fathers? With narcissistic father, I think there is also this tendency to for, for the narcissistic father to try to live his life through the children. So he will decide for you what you should do take, what subjects you should take. It won't be a discussion. It won't be according to your giftings either. It is more likely because this is something that he would do. So there is this unhealthy enmeshment where the narcissistic father doesn't know where his life uh, ends and where yours begin. It's like they're all wrapped up in one. So if he thinks that you should be a scientist, even though it's that your your least favorite subject and something that you hate, he will want you to, to be that scientist. Or maybe you're not sport inclined and you have no interest in the sports that he played. But he played hockey in 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 school so therefore you have to play hockey as well. Or and so it, your life is more is he's living his life through you. So he's deciding for you. And usually there is no choice. You don't have a choice in the matter because remember we said in the second in in the in the in the second uh point that he thinks he's superior to others and he knows everything. So he knows what you should do and what you should like and you have no say in the matter. It's that whole father's knows best literally yes. uh, being exercised. What other signs do we see? The the other sign is that there, the, the people who are narcissists does not foster your independence. So a narcissistic father, his job is not to try to get you to become independent and to become self-sufficient. His role is to make you entirely dependent on him so that you will always have a need to get his opinion. So I see people who have narcissistic fathers so that even in adult life, they cannot buy a home or a car without getting the father's opinion. And this is not to say that, you know, when you're buying your first car, that it's not healthy for your dad to be there with you and to say, well, you know, son, you need to check for this. That's healthy in some sense. But I'm talking about people who maybe even in their, in their forties, if their dad is still alive, they still 
can get to that point of feeling uh, self-assured that they can make decisions for themselves. Because you see, the narcissistic father has developed this sense of dependence. So they don't become these these self-sufficient adults who can make decisions for themselves. Everything has to go through, through the father. And a lot of times the spouses looking on are very annoyed by this. Spouses who didn't grow up in that household would say, why can't you make this decision by on your own? You're quite capable. But there is this attachment, there is this dependence that have been developed, that is fostered, and will continue even well into adult life. And I'm glad you bring that up, the, the perspective of the spouse. And this is a lot of why we're doing this show, is when you don't even realize the drivers behind your actions, it it's hard sometimes for your spouse to understand and conflict can arise that way. So again, if people are identifying themselves through the show, we will be talking about how mm-hmm. they can get help. So by my count, I think we're at six signs, Michael. So what's the last sign that um, your father may be a narcissist? This, this, this seventh sign, we're at the seventh sign. The seventh sign is what we call gaslighting or this tendency to distort reality. So you might have a situation where... This person, uh, your father, uh, yells at you or use derogatory language and you think, wow, you know, this is not right. And you might have, uh, uh, you, you might be hurt by it. And then he'll have a talk with you and he said, you know, I just uh, spoke to you very softly. And you started crying and what's wrong with you? All I did was just to, to say very softly to you what, what I wanted. And so there is no holding these persons accountable to anything because what you think might be, uh, the reality of what you see is distorted to mean something else. And so when you speak up about your needs, it's not going to be addressed. It's going to be uh, reframed or or a new version is going to be given. And this makes a lot of people doubt their sanity after a while. Did I really hear this? Did my dad really say that to me? Or, you know, he said he was at my, my, uh, my 10th birthday party, but I remember that dad wasn't there, but he said that he was there. And so this kind of distortion of reality makes it very hard for you to trust your, your, your memory and, and trust what happened. And part of what's going on in that whole distortion of reality is that the the narcissist isn't really concerned about your needs. You are there for his purposes. And so what he will do, he will distort reality to make himself look good. Whereas for healthy fathers, they will say, you know what, I am sorry I I spoke to you that way. I'm sorry you weren't, I was not there for that birthday party. And I'm going to do my best to make up for it. But they will actually convince you that your memory is not correct. Yeah. And, and if people haven't heard about gaslighting before, I encourage you to listen to one of our past podcasts where we talk about that topic in depth, because it really is interesting the depths of deception and distortion people can find themselves in. So, Michael, if people have been listening to our discussion thus far and they've begin, begun to identify with some of the signs we've discussed, what should they do um, 
now that they've identified this? Well, I think if you listen to this show and you say, well, I can identify with one of the sign, then it's not so much of a, of a big deal. But if you, if you're listening and you're saying, I can identify, this sounds like my dad. So many of those things that you have talked about actually happened or has happened in my life, then it's very important for you to know that what you're dealing with is an actual mental condition or it probably is a mental condition. It's not, this is not a diagnosis, but it's quite likely that it could be. And so in that situation, you need to realize that you're, you shouldn't doubt your sanity, that your version of reality is indeed correct. I've met so many people, Melissa, who begins to doubt themselves and to question their memory. And so it's important to realize that, no, what is happening is, is what we have just talked about in the final point, gaslighting. And so don't doubt your, your realities. Remember your version of reality. Another thing to do is to write things down because when you write things down, it helps to keep you balance where you can go back and say, yes, this, these are the facts, because oftentimes facts are so distorted that the next day after something happens, it's, it's something totally different. And the, the purpose for doing that is just so that you remain mentally stable and that you don't begin to doubt your sanity and start feeling as if there is something wrong with you. But I also think that this, this, this is such a complex condition that it's also very important for you to seek help. It's important for you to seek help with a professional counselor, but it's also important for you to start to speak to others outside of the home about what's going on. Because one of the things we know about narcissistic family is that usually there is a, there is a very codependent spouse as well who is not healthy emotionally because healthy spouses do not stay with someone who is narcissistic. The relationship would not last. So oftentimes, uh, the wife is a very abused and manipulated person who doesn't have a voice. So she cannot stand up for you in the suffering that you're encountering at the hands of dad because she's afraid of what we call the narcissistic wrath. And so everyone learns in that household that you don't challenge dad because if you do, you will, you will get this narcissistic wrath that will be unleashed on you. And and as you say, it's so important due to the complexity to begin to unpack this. Um, in the short term, though, if people have experienced uh, some of these effects, um, I, how can they reach out to you to get help? If if you'd like to get help, just simply give us a call at one eight hundred number one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry dot com, and we'll be happy to to. If you can contact us uh, by email, we'll be happy to to re- reply to you or to speak to you by phone. So, Melissa, I see that we are quickly out of time today. And so, as we said, next week we are going to be looking at seven signs your mother might be a narcissist. And so, in that show, we're going to be looking at it from the mother's point of view, which is quite unique, as I said, when we I look at it from the experience that I have had in my practice. So, until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. 